Hello and welcome to episode 99.5 of Hearty Dice Friends. Yeah, yeah, we're at point yeah. 0.5 now, that's that's just what we're doing. Like every podcast, we are freaking out over our 100th episode and we have no plans. Mm-hmm. So we haven't even made plans whether or not we have plans. No. So we need to just sort of maybe get on with that. Uh, I don't really understand what we're doing. However, for the time being, we're going to meander around the 99 mark. Yes, we're um, going to really which... hug the 99. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is gonna... partly due to the fact that my internet is like an upset child. Yeah, Chris's internet doesn't. And it just it just throws the toys out of the pram and starts crying when you least want it to. On an airplane. Or, you know, during your surgery. You're, why is there a child? And the the other problem is my desk is currently in pieces as I had to I had to move it out of the way to put up some curtains, which is very exciting. So that means I'm recording from the Echoist room in the house, the kitchen. Mm. So yeah, we are essentially doing this one. I'm, like outside, essentially. Like it's yeah. just it's 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 like a field podcast. We except camping. with none of the charm. I feel like this is there's kind of an Oregon Trail vibe to it. Yeah, one of us like, is going where, to die. Yeah, dysentery. It'll be me. But we're like we're we're the pioneers, we're we're flint napping, we're taking bark from trees and using that to craft microphones into which we'll have a a, a, a steam-powered or just like a a bonfire-powered podcast. Uh, You see, I've just been screaming into my cupped hands and then passing it into an envelope that I'm going to post to you. I've been whispering it to ravens. Oh, that's why there's so many many crows outside. I say whisper. They're just here. So, keen-eared listeners may have determined last week that we had a different format for the podcast. We were trying something out. We wanted to, uh, to create... Video games or computer or role-playing games, tabletop games, through suggestions that you, the audience, sent to us. We had a lot of fun doing it, and I think at least it was a very good episode. I think I think it came across the levels of fun we had, and also we're able to sort of flex our creative muscles a little bit more than just saying, "Well, have you tried talking to the person like an adult?" Don't give away the secrets. The the holy grail of advice, the one piece of advice you need to make a role-playing game just work. Be an adult. Be an adult about it, even if you're a child. Yep. Put on your big boy pants. Point is, we are interested in maybe shifting around the way we do things. We still want to give advice uh, because you need it, you baby birds. But also, um, we'll feed you. But also, we want to we want to be creative. We want to come up with stuff. And we want to tell some jokes. And I think it's easier to tell jokes about pretend video games than it is about role playing game advice. Well, we can uh, pretend role playing games as well. Yes, yes, sorry. Yes, pretend games and role-playing advice. So what we're going to do, we're going to, like a magician, would a woman, we're going to slice it in half. And then <laughs> because her, all magicians are murderers. You heard, it, you heard it from me first. You heard it from us first. All lorry drivers and magicians are murderers. Why lorry drivers? Well, most lorry drivers are murderers. I mean, it's not a job you'd get into if you didn't want to kill people. That's true. Like uh, and like like uh, like circus circuses, <laughs> full of murderers. Um, do you own yeah, a mansion? You're probably a murderer. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you like put knives in people? Dead giveaway. Yep, that is that. That's the first clue that detectives look oh, for. Oh, oh, not if you're a surgeon though. That's, that's good. Yeah, if you're a surgeon. That's, I guess that's a very special knife. We're going. It's still a knife. We're going to divide that up the podcast. The first half of the show going to be advice. Second half of the show, end on a bang and. See if we can't develop another great game. A corker, a cracker, a an cor- award winner. A banger. A juicy sausage, a soft-boiled egg of a game. Chris, I'm running out. <laughs> Why don't you ask me a question now? <laughs> Quickly, before this gets out of hand. Okay, so this isn't a question necessarily, just to really confuse the format. But great, it's, yeah, sure. But it's more of a statement. <laughs> this, this is a song. <laughs> I've prepared a little ditty. Um, but it's more of a statement that I think that we should look at and potentially examine. Something a friend said made me take notice. Is it so that tolerance of bad game design is a lot higher when it comes to tabletop RPGs than to miniature war games? Mm. Because at the heart of it, they do similar things. Broadly, they, they come from the same root. Yeah, like they, what they do is they replicate a story. We're a spin-off of them. Yeah. So they replicate a story, whether mm-hmm. that is 
potentially social or just a big mm. fight, it's still a story. Mm-hmm. There's very little difference between any given edition of Dungeons and Dragons and a war game. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of bolt-on sections that are a mm-hmm. bit different, but that's basically what hands. it is. Yeah. Um, but it's the fact that tolerance of bad design is higher in tabletop RPGs, mm. whereas that crap don't fly in miniature war games. Well, tabletop RPGs aren't competitive. That is true. Is the, is the crux of the matter. Aside from that one uh, gladiatorial arena you ran in first year for Dungeons & Dragons. But don't forget, like there are, there are role-playing tournaments yes. that you can win. However, you're not directly competing against other people. No, that's very true. You're, you're, it's like golf rather than football. You're playing the dungeon. Well, I mean, golf is brutally competitive. Yes, but you don't... No, I'm sorry, I like understand you, what you you're saying. You don't smack each other with the balls. <laughs> back, Jake, back! I saw it first. It's like... It's, like it's, 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 even, it's even less direct than darts. Yes. At least... You, Actually, no, you can't get in the way on darts, can you? You, you have your own darts and then you walk off. Yeah, that's it. And I've never watched it. It's mainly about the long, slow walk back to your pint. That's mm-hmm. how you play darts. Mm. So I think there's the fact that they aren't competitive and the fact that they ha- the, the, their goal is, is, uh, is not to tell a... is not to create an interesting challenge mm-hmm. or a means of simulating a duel between two or more people, but to tell a story primarily. Whereas the mechanics of, say, your Warhammers, your bolt actions, your infinities, aren't to tell a story, but to allow people to have a fight with their toy soldiers. Yeah. They are a reason to buy the game. So, I I understand that concept. Mm -hmm. But, specifically looking at bad design, when it comes into, into, into war games... It is immediately obvious. I think also there's a barrier to entry in that you've got to buy an army and shit. Yeah. And if you buy an army and they're like, hang on a sec, these rules suck. I want my army to be good. Yeah. You've got much more invested in it than, hang on a sec, I want my character to do 4d6 damage and not 3d6 damage. But when there's bad design in tabletop RPGs, one of two things happens. Mm-hmm. Either we let it, we let it slide... Mm-hmm. And just kind of house rule it, or you know, ignore that section of rules, or what have you. Yeah. Or you play a different game because yeah. you've got nothing but choice in the RPG world. There's much more choice in the RPG world than there is in the in the war games world. Yes, but I think I think my my question here is: Should we let it slide? <sighs> should we just paper over the problems rather than looking at the problems um, and? Improving. I think that this is this is a this is an interesting, if not funny, conversation to be having. Yeah. Because like part of engaging with role playing games uh, on a critical level is understanding that they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to do everything. And war games represent a very limited set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. There are very few edge cases in war games compared to role-playing games because there are only certain actions you can take. You can, like, like, There are no rules for having your space marine go up to the enemy orc and say, hey, do you want to kiss hard on the mouth as though for the last time in Warhammer? I want you to remember me. I want you to remember this, Gaskell. <laughs> And so, I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm uh, I'm uh, Manius Calgar. Oh, okay. Big fist, Manius Calgar, <laughs> and I'm going to climb Gaskul Magoruk Thraka uh, and give him a big kiss on his metal bonds. Oh. It's quite a so moment. I call his cock. <laughs> Brings together the the, the Imperium of Man and the green skinned horde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Like, like, but there's no rules for that. There's, there's only rules for bothering. And there's this, like, you can bother people, and there's different levels of lethal bother. Yes. Which was the original working title for Lethal Bizzle. <laughs> and it's easier to balance war games, I think. There are fewer edge cases, there, are, there is more investment in having armies balanced in that way, because you have to sell armies yeah. if, you want, if you want to succeed. Whereas you can just come up with whatever sort of bullshit extra advance or um, prestige class you want, slap it on your game and people can use it or not and GMs can visually say yes, no, blah, 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 blah. But I think that um, more so than almost any other hobby, the 
the end product, like the the existence of a role playing game, it, when it exists is when you play it with your friends. Yes. Or when you play it with anyone, you know, strangers or what have you. So if you if you sit down and make the game happen, that is that is the game. The game is not the writing. Yeah, and also like tabletop role playing games are generally just like, for want better putting it, a big series of prompts. Yes. Going maybe you should do this, and if yeah. everybody's on the same page, that'll probably work. Yeah, pretty much. And I like that. It's nice. They're much easier to write. <laughs> yes, they are much easier to write. We don't need to balance them or make them intrinsically fun, which I like. But also there's flex in a role-playing mm. game. Like, you can, as Wizards of the Coast regularly point out, you can bend D&D to do other things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's Ravenloft. Like, you can mm. do a horror game in D&D. I'm not, I'm think, not looking at the quality I, of that, yeah. but you can flex them. I mean, like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, just take an extreme example. Powered by the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. That bends quite a bit. It's it's the Karma Sutra. It is. It's a, it's a very bendy boy. And yeah. As opposed to Gerbs, which are just fucking thirsty. <laughs> yeah, please play I, me. Please. I've got, I've got so many source books. <laughs> I've got four source books about the CIA. I know I've not, if anything, I've gained weight over the years, but... Love me. <laughs> Gives a kiss. Gives, gives a kiss on the spine. <laughs> Open me up and kiss me on the staples. <laughs> oh, that's rotten. Oh, that's okay. It's, it's, it's fairly innocent. You're just, like, gently tonguing Gerbs' staples. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's gross. <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head now. Don't. Point That's is, not what I need. Yeah. Point is, I think that if we wanted to stop playing games, um, if if we wanted to use games rules as written all the time, there would invariably be situations where the rules didn't quite work and it wasn't fun. Mm, yeah. And at that, at that point, the choice we've got is carry on having fun with my mates or just play the game as it is written down and then don't go back and play it again. And I think from the variety of the situations one can end up with in a role-playing game situation... You're the only really viable thing is to have a human present who can smooth over devices, who can smooth over the rules. Ergo, the games master. Which is one of the reasons why I much prefer games with GMs. Yeah. And also, I yeah. kind of like a GM just telling me stuff occasionally. It's nice. Or it's just telling people stuff occasionally because I'm a GM. Well, it's a bit like yeah, it's a bit like the way that a ship needs a captain. Yeah. You can't just all do what you want on board a ship, otherwise it won't go anywhere. I'm playing with a rigging. I mean a cannon. <laughs> That's great, boys. I'm could, having a wank in the crow's nest. But could we maybe go east? Mm, but I want to go west. North. Circles. <laughs> I'm still having a wank. Shut up, Jake. <laughs> so, yes. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Please. Because um, I feel we've answered this one. Yes. And this question. Chris McDowell asks... Says, you guys talk about boys a lot. Girl boys being one of the more recent. I feel like girls are underrepresented as, as monsters on your podcast. What is the best type of monster girl? Wow, what a what a Pandora's box of Google image searches we have ahead of us. Yes. So if you do type monster girl, you find. I think there was there was a popular um, series of um, images and games around various kinds of monstrous women mm-hmm. who you must seduce. It's always the seduction. I think that's kind of why we use we use monster boys because it's more of a yes. subgenre. They're the underdog in in the monster sex object world. Yeah, I feel and like I think like it's it's a neat way of of of, of removing the sexuality from a thing. It's a bit like slapping. It's a bit like a bit like a goblin suffix. <laughs> like for example, cowboys. Wait, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> firemen. <laughs> yeah, fireboys and firemen. Firemen, big, swarthy. They've just got like the heatproof thing and like no top underneath. They've got, they've, they've got like maybe some some soot on their big on their big muscular chests. Fireboys. Hello. One boot, like 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 half a hat. He's picking his nose. He's picking his nose, throwing it, and then like that, that catches fire. <laughs> That's that's a powerful psychic you've got there. That's an X Man. Nah, that's no, Gambit. He's like, like, like a fire elemental. Gambit is not a powerful psychic. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He's a criminal. He's a he's he's a southern criminal with an accent I believe is fake. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Marmite trying to get down a pipe. I always thought playing cards gave me an edge in combat. <laughs> I couldn't use anything, but I think I'm going to use playing cards. Pretty sure I could use a gun. <laughs> I got this voice when I was being drowned by a gator. Also, I have a stick that is small but gets big. Yes, why does he just have a big stick? Anyway. <laughs> Because the thing, like, Gambit is sold as super cool. Yeah. Everyone's like, like, in like, like, he'll turn up and say something pithy about a, a, a gator and then go off and he and Rogue will do some stuff. But I, he's, he doesn't, he's got a headband. Like, yeah, he has the worst hat in the Marvel Universe. And Wolverine's in that universe. <laughs> right? Wolverine like, has an eyebrow hat. Like, when, when you've got, like, something that covers your forehead and half of your cheeks. Why? Why? Is the reason they haven't put him in the films because he is impossible to actually make cool? I think it is. Because there was, there was room. Oh, yeah. There was room for Gambit, I think, as yeah. some sort of awful substitute teacher. Just getting... <laughs> <laughs> what, what page of the book are you boys and girls on? Today we're going to learn some German. <laughs> Um, what was the point? What were we talking about? Yes, yes, girl boys. Now, girl my favourite my favorite monster girl is Goat Girl. From one of your works. From one of my works, yes. From um, Trashkin, uh, where you play um, like rubbish, half animal, half human things, but like children size. Yep. Goblin, goblins, you know, they're all, they're, they're just goblins. a kind of goblin. Yeah. Like, they are effectively minions. Yeah. You know, they love bananas. They have a big single eye. Yeah, they give that yeah. squeaky voice. They don't do anything important. Yeah. It's great. They're really they're hugely unimportant. Um, but yeah, goblins, great. And so, goat girls, uh, they have the special ability. It is their birthday, mm-hmm. which I think is the best rule I've ever written. <laughs> I would concur. It is. It fuck you. It is. <laughs> it is permanently. No, no. It is, it is permanently their birthday. They are convinced it is their birthday. A bit like the way that the fox character is divorced. Mm-hmm. The same way that a fighter has plus two to hit with swords. And I feel. I, I feel we need more of that. Yeah, I think so. It is perpetually your birthday. However, you were always this old. Yes. Now, but what about what about uh, a monster? A monster girl from the non Howitt canon. I don't understand why you'd water it down like that, but okay. <laughs> don't bring me this weak sauce. Don't bring me this weak sauce shit. Because it's not, it's not like, it wouldn't be like an orc woman, an orcish woman. No. It's an, it's an orc girl who, like, strikes me as someone who's got dungarees on. <laughs> yes, actually. Like, like Dora the Explorer, but she's got a knife. <laughs> Sorry, um, I just, I've got this wonderful image in my head now of, like, Dora the Explorer crossed with Indiana Jones. Crossed mm-hmm. with Nicolas Cage from that film. Yeah, in fact, let's just cut. Out, let's cut out Indiana Jones from that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, National Treasure. That's the one. Yes. So yes. I have just done the Google search that everybody else is going to do after listening to this. No. Which is searching for Monster Girls. Who did you find? So I've got some corkers here. Are there some pictures you want to share with me, perhaps? Um, are you in a public place? No, I'm in my kitchen, as previously discussed. Then I could share them with you, but I'd rather describe them to you, because... who oh boy. Very well. So yeah, the, f- sure. the first one I had to call up is a woman who is half a rock. Like the big bird? No. Nope. a rock? Oh. Like, does she have rocky legs? No. Like, imagine if you found a big rock. Mm-hmm. One big rock. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the legs would be. Like a centaur? Yes. However, stone. Much funnier to have the lower half of her as human. She <laughs> <laughs> looks like a dumpster running towards you. Unable, unable to pick up the rock, just bicycling in the air. Okay, is, uh, is, is, is she cute, would you? She's, she's, she's currently raging in this image. She looks angry that somebody has presumably done this to her. Right. Oh, so it's like a transformation. Yes. Oh. There's also... Uh, a centipede girl? 
which I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to have anything to do with. Is that is again? Is it is this like a centaur situation? Yes. So this is <laughs> this is specifically here about three inches below the crotch's centipede. Um, yeah. You've, they've, yeah. I, hmm. So I feel I feel a lot of these are, are using the Dark Souls school of centaurs, which is to put a sexy lady on top of a big spider. Yes, but now I'm going to send you uh, a picture. Oh, good. Um, okay. And I'm going to just while you look at it, I'm going to describe it to everyone else because this is this is an audio medium, but I feel this this is worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, hello. What we have here is slime mm. pope. I quite like Slime Pope. Slime Pope has what looks like two very long ears, like like Dachshund ears, like um, mm-hmm. Springer Spaniel ears, that mm-hmm. they've woven into a slime braid. Mm-hmm. They have eyes in their palms and are wearing a full Pope regalia. Yeah, and they're made out of slime. Just completely slime. I mean, cool. I, I, think, I think she's my new favourite monster girl. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I also like the way that slime is free of gender, and so and, and so and so can can choose to present itself however it wishes. But however, this... the gender is a construct, yeah. <laughs> literally a construct. Um, mm. However, in this case, this slime is definitely appearing feminine. Yes, it has it, ha- it has a lady's face and hair. However, but a pope's costume. Yes, which is a bit odd. However, this gets darker quickly when if you were to scroll down from this. Have right. you ever seen a snail? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever seen one of those snails that's got all of those horrid worms in it? You mean like feelers? The parasite worms that live inside snails. No! What? They replace what? where their eye stalks go. What? No, they don't. Don't make things up. It's gross and it is a real what? thing. Why would you why would you say something so horrible and false on this my good Christian podcast? <laughs> and somebody has made a monster girl where, where the stalks on her head are these parasites. Why would they do has that? a cravat made of snail parasites no. and extra arms which are I'ma use the word again parasites. Stop talking about this, it's gross. Why does this Don't exist? Like it. Because men, okay, this exists primarily because men are socially conditioned to view women as unattainable and strange from a, from a young age as a as, as a different species, and they are unable to talk to. They are not properly socialized, and so the only way in which they can create a woman they understand is to monstrously other them through their own creations. Hence, Parasite Girl. But then, or anything Hideo Kojima has written ever. Yeah, mm. but then we swing back the other way. Well, there's a there's a cute hips the spider girl just knitting. That's nice. See, like like I like that I end like of that the spectrum. I'm down with like the knock yourself I out. like that. What the fuck is going on with her thorax? I, all right, look. I'm looking at the that fact isn't that what she's spiders being a person like. and knitting. That isn't what spiders look like. I think it's from somebody's personal world. Yeah, some silent ill shit right there. Yeah, but like they're just getting on with stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not messed up. They're just, how to say, people. But you know what I mean. Well, mostly people. Mostly. Well, I mean, this, they are people. Yes. Yeah. Fifty percent people. It no, it's like it's like if 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 you if the top half is a person, it's a person. <laughs> okay. I want to I want to find some 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 bottom half human ones now, but there doesn't seem to be any. Yeah, weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you ask me a question, please? So I'm just I'm just going to say the best monster girl is Slime mm-hmm. Pope. Yeah, she's good. We're sticking with Slime Pope. Yeah. All right. Slime Pope 2020. <laughs> God, is it that soon? No reading, mate. Go. On. <laughs> Owen asks quick recommendations for horror one shots. Now this is right up your street. I'm going to involve you in this. I'm going to drag you into my dark world. Oh, fuck. Good. No, I'm not just going to talk for hours relentlessly without letting you get a word in edgeways. Let's skip over systems. Let's ignore that. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Do it in dread. Roll a dice. Whatever. Whatever. You've got one evening Mm -hmm. to run a cool horror story. Mm -hmm. What do you do? 
You know the phrase, if you die in the game, you die in real life? Yes. Skip the game part. Just kill your friends. Yeah, but slowly. <laughs> and, like, not all at the same time. No, what I would do... Like, what I'd like to do is maybe get some sort of um, confusion over, over where the game begins and ends. Okay. You know, like you know, like when like like when you walk into some sort of avant-garde theatre. Not that we do that a lot, mm. but we've both we've both had a go. <laughs> yes. And like, so, someone will behave very, very strangely, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, how how droll and clever. He's got his bum out. How very clever. <laughs> that, but just in a role-playing game, and so like you have the capacity like to say up front, hey, hey, this is going to be weird. Look forward to our one-shot horror game, friends. And then invite them into your mystical realm. <laughs> With slime pope. Slime pope's there. It's just a load of jelly I've put a pope hat on. <laughs> and I have been talking to it for some weeks. I've got a dictaphone in there. It occasionally says things like, I'm slime pope. <laughs> you pull a I string. love you, Grant. <laughs> it has five useful f- phrases. Or, so you get everybody, you get everybody sat around. You dim the lights, you know, you get candles going, whatever. You Full horror ambience. You're wearing a scary hat. Oh, okay. Um, and then what you do is you clear off the coffee table and you place, like, a big knife. Okay. Like a chef's knife, that sort of size, a bowie knife. Something something that's too big just to be a casual pocket knife. A cash pocket knife. And you just make people play spin the bottle, but with the knife. <laughs> with a big knife. So the handle is the person who has to pick up the knife, and they have to stab the person that the, that the bottle points to. <laughs> that is... That is... Okay, so now Owen didn't say role-playing. He said a horror one-shot. People aren't going to play this twice. I think the real challenge is getting them to play it once. Yes. And keeping them there once once somebody's really bought into the game. <laughs> They're in. Yeah. They're in at that point. I guess well, we're like, all accomplices at that point, I guess. Not stab, but probably, like, slash. Sure. Because stabbing is maybe a hospital visit, but you could probably get by, like, with a, a trip, to, like, with a... couple of stitches. With a plaster. Well, or maybe, like... Maybe, like, a hammer, something less lethal. Okay. Yes, that works. Mm. You can lose a couple this of is, fingers. No. Is this a game you'd want to play? Oh, this isn't a game, Grant. You think this is a fucking game? You think this is a fucking game? Spin the hammer. <laughs> this is my so birthday, a, and we can do what the fuck really I want. have a point. It's more like it's pointing to three people kill both of them. <laughs> well, you just made up a new rule. Everyone drink. <laughs> Congratulations to world-famous game designer Grant motherfucking Howard. <laughs> Looks like we're moving up to the sledge. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Boom! Chris, this is this this, this 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 new round is just fire. Spin the fire. <laughs> just like a pile of spin, salt spin and it. onion. Spin the fire. <laughs> Put your hand on it and spin it. Well, we now see that the colder side is towards you, and the warmer side is towards them. So burn them. So kill them. Kill them with this hammer. <laughs> Where did you get that hammer from? We throw the old hammer away. I've got a lot of hammers. I've got a lot of hammers. <laughs> um, I'd like to ask you a question because this is this is horrible. Because this this is how we go to prison. Yeah, pretty much. Um, in fact, Chris, mm-hmm. shall we make some games instead? We just did, motherfucker. Well, yeah, but should we make some maybe some fun games rather than just me, rather than just you in your saw style utopia? Hey, hey, there's a button. And every time you push this button, you kill someone with a hammer. Okay, here's a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) You mean it isn't done automatically? No, you have to kill them. (laughs) It's one of my favourite films. It's called The Box. Okay. And The Box is such a... The prequel to The Cube. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a small version. So in The Box... There's this, yeah. this guy, this weird, creepy dude comes up to people um, and oh. puts a box down on the table, and it's like IKEA Tupperware with a big right, red okay. game show buzzer on top. Okay. And essentially, they carefully explain in this very, very long and very uh-huh. wordy way that if you push the button, you get all of your problems in your life sorted, but somebody somewhere in the world dies. Right. 
Um, Sorry, it solves all of your problems. Yeah, like, like it, it like, like gets you get money, or like it takes away your student debt, or it, right, your, okay. your house is bought dies. for you, or something like that. Um, right. And all I can ever think is that if that would, ha- if somebody bought me that box as they sat down, they placed carefully placed the box on the table, and they sort of flip their coattails, and as they sit down, I'm going, bang. Yeah. I push the button, and then and then they die. <laughs> So I can just sit there, just tap in the box, see what happens. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I not supposed to play with the toy that you put in front of me? Because that's it's clearly big, what it is. It's got a big inviting button and it goes, meh. Anyway, what does it if do? If you shake it, it's full of Duplo. I can hear it. <laughs> I can hear it. You're not fooling anyone. You've got sweets in there, haven't you? Is this Haribo? Do I have to push the button a hundred times to get the Haribo out? I th- I'll do it. <laughs> and just like people people in the restaurant start dropping dead. <laughs> then they fully explain it. And they're like, okay, so when do I... How many times do I have to push it to get the Haribo that's in the box? There's no Haribo There's in the no box. There's no Haribo in the box. This is a moral decision you must make. Mm, I think I promised myself Haribo. Yeah, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to pick up the, t- the, the, the oh, pick up the table and just put it underneath the leg. There we go. Right, so... Does that count as one push or hundreds? <laughs> uh, what I've got is one of those, a very large version of one of those drinking birds. Then as it gets warm, it just taps. M- Mr. Taylor, please stop. Bring me my Haribo. <laughs> you just need to get to the shops and get me some fucking Tamfastic. Before you die. It's going to be like that scene in Looper. <laughs> <laughs> Except people will be dropping dead around you as you bring me my fucking Starmux. And let's not forget... You made the box. You yeah, bought me the box. box. This yeah. is on you. Bit weird. I hope you're getting off on this. <laughs> Somebody best. Should we make so, a nice game? Hear me out here. You always bring forward the, the point that this is a conversation we've had a lot, and you're always like, oh, I'd love pushing the button. I'd love to. I'd push the button with my dick. Uh, but it inevitably goes wrong. Mm. It does. They don't make films about it where it's like, and then their life was great and nothing ever happened. It's it, it's always like, oh, someone died while they were in a car driving towards you, and then you, and then you got hurt. Ooh. And I worry that it's kind of a monkey's poor sitch where there's someone oh, that is sure. like a there's like a, a team of screenwriters in the box next to the Duplo <laughs> and the Haribo. That's that's what that's what the shaking is. It's the last of their their pocket change because they haven't been paid uh-huh. again. Twenty-seven p and a washer. Yeah. Yes, let's let's make some games. Let's. Should we? Maybe we need to have like a, like a cool like a jingle or something. Maybe. We'll put ba-da, it in here if we have it. games. <laughs> games. Faint dreams suggests goat dream daddy. <laughs> no. Now, obviously, like people like goats, people like Dream Daddy. Mm-hmm. I get it. People want like a dating game about goats. Much funnier though, Dream Daddy. Except they're just all actual goats, <laughs> scared goats wearing clothes, <laughs> goats in bars, bleating and just kicking, <laughs> eating everything they can get their hands on, messing up fences. You see, what I imagined, unfortunately, was just like my father dreaming of goats. Oh. Just like he's asleep in the summer house after one too many drinks, and he's just a goat dream daddy. Yeah, and he's just, De- you know, he's just imagining he's in a field. There's a goat. Greg Taylor's daddy goat dream, <laughs> and he goes over and imparts what he believes is wisdom to the goat, and it's just, you know, it's always useful to carry a positive drive screwdriver. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. But actually, you know, always is strong. Often, <laughs> to this day, I do. I do have a positive drive screwdriver with me. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure this is our this is our game though. Can no. you can, can you give me give me a suggestion for that game or for a new one? No. When I say give me a suggestion, it means give me a new game. Oh, okay. That's absolutely fine. Uh, Rick Hollingworth's Hippocrits. Is that crits as in critical hits? Yes. And hippo as in hippopotamus. Yes. Hip, hip, pop, pop, pop. Mm-hmm. The hip hopopotamus. Like, uh, please pitch this game to me, Chris. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I was. This isn't like, like this isn't where where you pick a bad title and then get me to make a bad game. Sorry. You have to put something forward. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Come with me on the winding road 
back to like mate I'm ahead of you let's years, go I'm ready two years ago I'm, I'm, when a game, I'm in the passenger seat when a game called Pugmire was released <laughs> yeah yeah so I'm thinking that but mm-hmm. hippos right so what I'm thinking is like long family hippopotamus lines oh like Pendragon like Pendragon or um, Legacy noble hippo knights mm-hmm. um, however it's very clear that this is just some wizard's idea of a joke. So they've just they've, they've just uplifted hippos, but not like far enough. <laughs> so they can work out what what a helmet does. Yes, they, but not they can get dressed. Yeah, but that's the that's that's all the human they put in. They know where hel- helmet go. They don't know what helmet do exactly. Why does the crits come into it? Well, that is when they go to war over just anything. Cause they and they roll the d20 and it gets a 20 on it. Yeah, they, you're hoping for crits. Mm. Maybe you steal the intelligence, of the, the intelligence of the other hippo. I'm going to have to blackball this one, Chris. That's fair. Gallon Peugeot writes in. The guys in the van, brackets, everyone runs a super spy. So The guys in the van... Everyone runs a super spy. Yeah, so that's the explanation. So the game is called The Guys in the Van. Right, that makes some sense. And so so you, like the entirety of the game, could maybe even do this as a laugh, which would be quite good fun. Hmm. Everyone gets in the back of a van, or you sit around a table, which is is simulated a van. Mm -hmm. And you have, happening off screen, or maybe on screen if you can get access to cameras, the, you are steering much more successful and exciting super spies through dangerous situations. Oh, that's good. I'm th- I'm thinking that maybe you might do kind of a wraith the uh, what have you thing where you the player to your left plays your super spy. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking that this is a nightmare style LARP. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So like everybody's got like the a blind super spy. Well, no, no, but everybody's got like a like a chest cam on. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 essentially pointing them like you need to get to the library and find a book here. Okay. You so need to do actually doing you need to actually do, doing spying. You need to you need to do a drop in in the park. There'll be a man mm-hmm. who looks like this. We think. Mm-hmm. Get his bag. They best get that right because that could go very badly. Yeah, I've I've heard no end of tales of people doing like fake drug deals and fake spy shit in LARPs yep. and then getting in trouble because that that that, that looks identical to mm. real drug deals. We would of course enforce the no orange tips on guns rule. Yeah. Also, I come to think of it, I've never bought drugs if I don't wearing glasses. I've never been to a LARP with the one who wasn't wearing glasses. Mm. So there's that. Um, and point point is, I I think that's that's. That's getting part of the. Uh, that's getting past the the core idea, which is like at that point one of the players is a is a spy, and I want there to be something really exciting happening off screen that they can't see. <laughs> you just have or this like, this, or like, like audio feed. Yeah, you have an audio feed, or like like you have to hack into cameras, and then the GM describes like you get a half second shot of your of your super agent jumping sideways through a window, firing two guns into a <laughs> you Russian hear train. Them slide over the bonnet of the van you're in, oh, James. <laughs> and like a couple of bullets hit the reinforced van, but obviously don't do any damage. Yeah, um, and that's about your interaction. I think, or or like maybe they need a lift to the next mission. <laughs> Or like, okay, we need to go buy an AK-47 and throw it through this window so the guy can have it. <laughs> drive, drive, drive! No, actually, you, you do have time. The mission starts about four hours. So do, <laughs> we should get some coffee. There's no time! <laughs> That's just... Every time I get in a car, I just yell, drive, drive, drive. It's just so hardwired in me now. Yeah. I... I... I really want to drive so I can say... I can pull up beside someone and say, get in, there's no time to explain. <laughs> But someone I know, you know, otherwise yeah. that's just a threat. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say because you're going to do that. So to a if, I, one if day. I could just if I could just drive up alongside a woman walking alone at night, <laughs> in get the, in. There's no time to. Oh no! Oh, I'm, oh, so I'm terribly sorry. sorry. This was a joke. This has um, I think I think that it would be a funny video game and a possible role playing game to play guys yeah. in the fan. I think it actually would think, be possible. I think there's legs there, and I think that there's like you'd have to really double down on the humour, but you'd be 
I think there's I think there's some fun there, and then also I think the idea that you can go and do the missions, but they're so outrageous, outrageously dangerous, it's not worth doing it. Yeah, but also to you, some guy who has a computer. Also, imagine that you're making skill checks from the van about things. Like the mm. whole point is to make the spy look good and make yeah. it seamless for them. Mm. So, like you're you're playing like the old Amiga game Sleepwalker. Yeah, like they're just they're that, they're running across the other building. Deep cut, and Chris. Yeah, it's a bit. Um, and you go shit. If they're running along there, there's nothing for them to land on. So you mm. you hack into the crane. And you tilt mm. that round so there's something for them to jump on, and that that sounds pretty cool. So like like having like having a there'd be a huge list of specialisations. There'd be things like traffic mm. or building sites or kitchens. <laughs> yes, and so and like you'd have to really hope that that they go through one of these areas where you, where you can be. Like, oh, don't worry, I know about building sites. I'll call my mate who drives the crane. <laughs> and like things like when the uh, the super spy. Um, does something that actually doesn't work, mm. like in like uh, I watched an episode of MythBusters once where uh, they were talking about right. the Bourne identity, and he like opened the gas line and put a um, a magazine in the toaster. Yeah, like they tested it, that that doesn't work. Oh man, I really hope that would work. Right, they had to really push it to make it work. That's that, that's been my plan for revenge <laughs> for a very long time. But like. What you do is, is is you hack into the Alexa that's there, mm. and like you just you you mess that up so it sparks, mm. and does what his stupid spy idea doesn't. <laughs> I quite like that. Like, I like um like you pull the van up alongside and then throw a load of Molotov cocktails at the building and drive away. Cut out there. You're fine as long as you don't leave the van. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> <On> like <laughs> like. You also ha- like one of you has has like a car, but it's like a VW Beetle. Yeah, like it's not a good car. But Citroen. But your your job is to be that bystander that just misses the spy, almost gets hit by the other guy in the car, mm-hmm. and then gets out and puts his hands in his head, going, "Oh no, what's happening?" Like you know full well because as soon as why, the, as soon as the spy's you gone, you're back guy. in the car because there's nobody else on the roads. I don't think you need to make a spy film happen around them. <laughs> like, they're not... The spy themselves aren't idiots who, who need to be convinced this is real. They are. They're just, they're just posh public, sport, public school boys. Mm-hmm. And you have to... You have to you Honor know, Jolly. Show them a good time. Spy-wise. I, I, I'm... <laughs> just, go on, show them a good time, spy-wise. So basically, this, this is sort of like... You're running a lot for them, the game. <laughs> but they are killing people. It's getting a bit meta it's for me. Bit, yeah, maybe dial it back for a couple of notches. Yeah. That's fine. Um, I think this is. I think this is. This is maybe the one we should go with. Are there any, are there any others that you'd like to sort of shout out uh, about? Just a quick one from McCabe Hooker, mm-hmm. um, which is Brilliant. a a a an amnesiac time traveller, mm-hmm. uh, which is new phone. Who does? Again, go on. <laughs> so you've just you've just you've just travelled through time and have lost your memory. Yeah. And you and you you're in like the 17th century, and you pull you pull you know, check your pockets, and you pull out an iPhone, mm-hmm. and you're like, "This is a new phone." <laughs> and then you look at you you look at it, you, you you try and you try and unlock it, but it's using the facial recognition thing, and it doesn't know who you are anymore. <laughs> you're so, so old. It's, who this? Is it is it um, new phone? Who this? Colon when this? <laughs> no, it is the the original thing is just new phone. Who this? Oh, okay, but is, is is that sort of our our expanded? Yes, yes, we add the Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, I didn't think that one needed much more. That I mean, that one says itself. No. Oh no. Nick writes in Eleanor Rigby Simulator 2019. <laughs> so it would involve you hiding all the lonely people. But it has. I mean, it has a a, a very railroady ending. Hmm. Like it, you know exactly that you're going to die and where you will be buried. Yeah, and who will bury you? Yes, <laughs> old Father Mackenzie. Yeah. Maybe it's like a, a quantum leap situation. I'm very much on this time travel type thing now, um, where you you jump into the body of Eleanor Rigby with like a full dossier on them memorized, okay. i.e. the contents of the song. Right, and you've got to try and keep them alive because they're the ones that cure cancer. I want to 
no and this one. Okay. No, and Which, let's do a different one. <laughs> well, no, and shut up. Yeah, it's, it's yes ending, but I, w- I want to invert your original okay. suggestion. So you are a time traveller. Mm-hmm. Um, you, are, you are a time travelling ghost. Uh, you can you, you, so it, it costs you it costs you resource to interact with the world. Sure, but Eleanor Rigby is going to fuck Father Mackenzie, <laughs> and you have to stop this happening. Otherwise, John Lennon and Paul McCartney will never write the song Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to make the Beatles song a hit. Yeah, <laughs> you, you are playing. You are playing. Um, who is that? Was it, was it Michael Jackson who owns all the Beatles? Is it, who is owns the Beatles songs now? Because he's I, dead. He probably can't know. have it anymore. Yeah, you're playing the time-travelling ghost of Michael Jackson, who needs to put a new <laughs> wing on his Neverland ranch. So in the he afterlife. needs to retro. In well, okay, uh, well he's time-travelling. Oh, well, that's fine. Then. So okay, actually, no, sorry, you're not playing the ghost. You're playing um, a live version, Michael Jackson mm-hmm. with a time machine. Yes, you need to put a a, a new wing on. on on your Neverland Ranch, you don't have enough money. You need to make sure that this shit song called Eleanor Rigby Fucks a Priest, one of the B-sides, you've got to make that much more heart-wrenching. So you have to travel back in time. And you're like, and you've got to like really mess up um, their relationship by moonwalking backwards. It was the song that really put that final nail in the Beatles' career. <laughs> it really pulled that nail out of the coffin. <laughs> Not really a simulator at this point, is it? No, like you, there's, there's so many other songs like paperback paperback applications. Like mm-hmm. I've written a novel, yeah, yeah, but yeah. nobody's after it. Yeah. Um, she likes me. <laughs> yeah. No. That's the other one. <laughs> she likes me. Not, no, no, no. Norwegian no. medium density fiberboard. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Norwegian wood. It's thinking <laughs> of water down beyond. <laughs> Strawberry fields till Tuesday. Yeah, when it becomes yeah, a car park. These, 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 <laughs> you have to go back in time and ensure that the the, the, the Beatles, after receiving a curse from a cosmic witch, <laughs> all their songs are now going to be terrible. So you have, you have to go back and, and engineer. You, you, you have it's, it's like Hitman. Except you're fooling around Lennon and McCartney in the fifties and sixties, trying to inspire them. I just like the idea that like you've got to try like the whole adventure is you trying to get Strawberry Fields a National Trust property. <laughs> so it's got, it can't be demolished. Um, I want you to pick between time traveling Michael Jackson to make sure that he can afford money for his impending trial by making the Beatles songs actually good. Yeah. Because they were shit back in the day. Yep. Um, by, and by back in the day, I mean the previous day that existed due to time travel. Or the other one. <laughs> what was the other one? It's gone from my head. <laughs> what the fuck was it? We talked about it for 20 minutes. So- so I've got a problem because that's gone out of my head as well because all I've got now is a raging torrent of Beatles song titles. <laughs> a were... raging torrent. Like yesterday? Mm, the day before yesterday. <laughs> the day before yesterday. All my troubles seem to be in the morning of tomorrow. Like it's <laughs> Lucy in the sky with cubic zirconia. Yeah, Lucy in the sky with affordable diamante. Hello, goodbye becomes goodbye, hello. Uh, excuse me, I've reserved a ticket on this train. Can I pick it up, please? <laughs> We're all waiting, still in the dockyards for the submarine. Still in the dockyards for the submarine. Still in the dockyards yeah. for the submarine. Doesn't even scan. No, it's rubbish. Rubbish. This is why they never made Shite. any money. <laughs> Which is how Michael Jackson could afford it. A hard afternoon's evening. <laughs> Chris, I'm not sure whether this is funny to anyone but us. Sorry, yes, we should, we should, yes. Um, we are going to do time travelling Beatles fix. Yep. Which is, but we'll sell it as Eleanor Rigby Simulator 19, uh, 2019 to get to get off the back of like Farm Simulator, Train Simulator. Yes, we want to get on that bandwagon. Yeah, we want to get that. We want to get that simulated dollar. <laughs> um, look, look out for that in shops. Yeah. Now. HMVs around the world. Mm. Thank you. it was it was guys in the van that it was a much better game. Oh, okay. Just remembered, but too late. I've already I've already, I've already signed the um, 
signed an exclusive deal with uh, Doug Bowser of Nintendo. <laughs> it's coming out. It's a Switch exclusive. <laughs> so we can really get the market on that. So, so you can truly be Ringo and do the drums. Yeah, for sure. That's and like there's there's mini games for all of the pieces, none of which are good. <laughs> Just the worst. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hardy Dice Friends, episode ninety nine point something. Five. We're on five. While we five while we're on yeah, we're on five. while we get ourselves sort of sorted out. Uh, I think that would be great if we could just sort of maybe wait until we have working internet and desks before we hit a hundred. <laughs> professional podcasters here, everyone. That's us. If you've enjoyed this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends and give us some money per episode. That gives you access to exclusive episodes and a Discord where you can come and be buds with us. Mm. And um, I can't, I can't help but think that that Discord is going to be filled with alternative Beatles titles when this goes out. Mm. Oh, I, I, I hope I hope it is. I, mm. I look forward to that. Now, one thing as well I should mention is that we're not a very popular podcast, so if you do come and hang out on the Discord, we are there! This isn't like this isn't like some some other podcast discords where they simply set it up and then leave. No, that is where I spend most of my time every day. Yeah, this is the closest thing we have to friends. Yeah, people who pay us money to make jokes into microphones. You can also follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast. Blah, 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 whatever, you're not going to do it. It doesn't matter. That's not what you don't go on Twitter to, to listen to podcasts. That's weird if you do. It is weird. Just use the podcast app. Subscribe to us. Yeah, leave us reviews. All that. Yeah. Whatever. Come round our house, give me a tenner. Let me ride you around. Cook me a sandwich. Jesus. Cook it. <laughs> I got very serious very quickly. I want I want wanna I want wanna I want a roast sandwich like mum used to make. <laughs> Come around my house and say hello. It'll be nice. It'll be lovely. Uh thank you. We adore you. Thank you for bearing with us at this difficult time. Uh Chris, do you have anything to say to the listeners? Only that they really genuinely should come to my house and give me a little hug. Yeah. Yeah, Chris lives alone now. I do. He's very lonely. So lonely. Um, and then maybe he can play the excellent Beatles uh, album, Derringer. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.